Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Alex Kidd in Miracle World for the Sega Master System. Alex Kidd in Miracle World was developed and published by Sega in Japan in November of 1986, but released in North America and PAL territories in 1987. It's an early one. Yes, it is. Now, this is the first game in the Alex Kidd series. And there's quite a few. Yes, there are. And for all intents and purposes, the Alex Kidd series is Sega's answer to Mario. Yeah, this they, they were trying, man. Mario came out in Japan in 85. And we were talking about Super Mario Brothers, of course. And Alex became Sega's mascot at that point. Yeah, for a while, really. I mean, before that, apparently they used Opa from... <laughs> Opa Opa from Fantasy Zone? Right, right, yeah. Uh, and then, yes, following Alex Kidd, we all know, once they made their transition to the 16-bit era, Sonic really became the final face of the Sega corporate empire. Yeah, and I mean, once Sonic reared his head, I don't think we saw any more Alex Kidd afterwards. So. No, not at all. But Alex Kidd was such an integral part of their early mythology and mythos that it was eventually hard-coded into the Sega master system that's right yeah i was trying to remember from my experiences we'll talk a little more later whether that was the case the, with the, my you know pa- my past as well gotcha and even in the master system too whatever that is <laughs> i'm guessing the revision yeah i'm second second version man mark ii now since it was part of the console for so long there are actually very few copies of the cartridge remaining oh right yeah and, and it makes it one of the rarest games for the master system Ooh. And then it was, of course, followed up by a few more Alex Kidd games. Uh, And I think you were wrong all the way up through the Sega. So there was at least one for the Genesis. Oh, there was. But, I mean, that was pre-Sonic, I think. Oh, was it? You know what I mean? Like, I guess we'll find out one day. Nick, what kind of game is Alex Kidd in Miracle World? It is a side-scrolling platformer. Let the comparisons to Super Mario Brothers begin now, because I feel like, aside from their efforts to cast this as their mascot, there's a lot to compare there. Oh, yes, definitely. Well, in this game, you, of course, can jump, since this is a platforming game. Of course. And it is not a bad jump. Not really. I mean, you can affect your momentum through the air, so you're guiding yourself as you fall. You can turn around a little bit. The problems, I think that I had jumping were due more to the momentum of your movement on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the takeoff and landing. Alex Kidd goes from like zero to 100 and like that, you know, so. Yes. It, certain areas were super tricky to navigate, I thought. Um, I just oh, kept yeah. falling off until towards the end, I realized if you just punch, it'll halt all your momentum. Yes. So that helped a little. A little bit, but it's still very awkward. Yeah, there. I mean... Luckily, most of the game doesn't put you in these weird positions, but, and honestly, ah, well, that's for later, but. I was going to say, I think there's one level towards the end that I saw that really looks pretty rough. But as you mentioned, you can also punch in this game. Yeah, that's uh, the big difference, I think, here um, between that and a lot of other platformers, because you punch in the square right in front of you. Mm -hmm. And you have that right from the get-go. Yeah, you uh, use it to uh, break blocks and to fight enemies. Exactly. Now... You cannot jump on enemies in this game. No, that's a no-no. Big no-no. 
but you can punch almost all of them. Uh, it's just that the hitbox on them is a little precise uh, sometimes. It's, eh, um, most of the time when I was punching things or planning on it, it, I would land in front of them and start punching away, let uh, them come to me. Exactly, exactly. It's whenever you have to punch something in the air from jumping or while falling that it becomes real tricky. Yes, definitely, yeah. Uh, especially there's some few places where like a bird or bat or pterodactyl little thing is just going back and forth between pillars. Those were the worst places for me. Yeah, um, it, I generally found that your punch... Um, has a little more range than it looks like, so I, I tried to err on that side, you know, um, and it seemed all right. Now, your punch is not the only means of attack. There are a few others, but I want to talk about the rest of the mechanics of this game because there is no health in this game. Yeah, it's a, it's a one-hit kill, unfortunately. And that is from anything. Yeah, there are some hazards that will hurt you. Uh, there are spikes, lavas, enemies. Even the dinkiest, friendliest-looking enemies. <laughs> but... There are lives. Yeah, you start with three, two? I think it's three. Yeah. And you can find more lives just throughout the levels, uh, sometimes hidden in the bricks or blocks you break, and mm -hmm. then sometimes just off the beaten path. And you can buy them in uh, stores, which is something else that's a little different here. Mm -hmm. Which is the next thing I was going to talk about, the store. Mm -hmm. yeah. You find them uh, not at every level, but at the beginning of many levels. Yeah, and you can purchase various items there uh, with your weird currency. And the currency does not drop from enemies. It's found in the levels by itself or sometimes in those bricks we were talking about that you, that you break with your fist. I mean, there are stone blocks that you'll just encounter, and then there are little, like, star blocks, mm -hmm. which are kind of like the question mark block of this game. And they're almost entirely just money bags. Yes, and there's a couple other different blocks, but we'll get to those in just a moment. Let's go over the shop first. Uh, you go inside the shop, and you're greeted with a kindly old man. And there are usually three items to purchase, and mm -hmm. you can jump through any of them to purchase them. Yeah. And yeah. their price is listed over top of them. Yeah, and you can buy all of them or one, you know. and uh, You can leave and come back. Yeah, it's very nice. And these items are very useful, and a few of them are also found in blocks throughout the levels. Right, right. So let's begin with the most common or cheapest item. I think that is the ring. Yeah, or the power bracelet. I'm sorry, the power bracelet. Yeah, this uh, costs um, 100 of... I, they never say what the currency is, but it looks like a... Like if you imagine the symbol for yen, mm -hmm. but with a U instead of a Y. Yes. So whatever that is. Uh, and the power bracelet will let you use your shocking waves of destruction... Yes, and these waves of destruction will shoot out. Uh, it's a full-screen projectile, and yes. it will keep going. I know I'm, I don't know about enemies, but it will go through all the blocks on whatever plane you fire it from. So mm -hmm. it can be. It's pretty powerful, but it's very small. It just goes on your the one very small path where your punch would be, and it will disappear after you die or enter a new level. And mm -hmm. it does not function underwater. Oh, that is a bummer. What is the next item you might find in one of these shops? Uh, well, you can find the teleport powder. Yes, and it's it's in a weird container. It doesn't really say teleport powder and to me no. when I look at it. Well, yeah, it's a weird. It is a weird icon. Um, I had never used this. I believe it makes you invincible, and you can run through enemies. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you are invincible, but it is a very limited period of time. Yeah, um, like I said, I, I got one, but... To my discredit, hoarded a lot of these items and then ended up never using them. So, Oh, bummer. What is the next item you saw in a shop, purchased, but then never used? Just well, kidding. You probably used it. Um, well, uh, I, I don't know. 
Yeah, it sounds I'm like you have go, something to mind here. I'm going to go with the first one after that I noticed was the car. Oh, the... I've, I've seen it called a car, but it's not a car. No, it's a motor... It's a Sukopako motorcycle. Yes. According to the manual. <laughs> yeah, I've heard some people call it a car, but I, I think it looks like a motorcycle. Um, it costs 200 bucks, bison bucks, whatever your currency is. Mm-hmm. And it is gives you a little motorcycle you drive for a while. Yeah, you'll get it a couple times. It's generally, there are certain levels that are have that in mind. They're motorcycle levels, kind mm-hmm. of. And you can cruise pretty fast. You are invincible, except for pits and spikes. Yes. And uh, it's pretty fun. Uh, you will, if you run into these obstacles, I don't know, I've seen them called balloons. They look like red balls. Yes, yes. Uh, if you hit those, it will, you know, kick you off of it or... And then you got to walk the rest of the way. you got to go on foot, but uh, it's uh, pretty fun, I think. Uh, yes, it is a nice change of pace. It's just a little maddening that they make you pay for it. Yeah, yeah. You know, we'll talk a little more about this later, but the actual, the motorcycle levels themselves, while doable without it, are much longer and boring. So you want you want the wheels. You do, you do. But you know what? Maybe this level's not suited for a motorcycle. Maybe you need a different form of transport. That's right. Maybe you want to take to the air in the pedicopter. Yes, it is a hilarious little cartoon helicopter with a bubble over you and bike pedals that you are furiously powering this vehicle with. Yeah, I, I love it. I think it's great. Well, you know, uh, as we found out in Joe and Mac, you are a fan <laughs> of pedal-powered air vehicles. Yeah, well, you know, this is a... A pretty cool vehicle because you can fly. You uh, press the A button to float farther up Mm -hmm. in the air. But we forgot to mention that this game does have a swim mechanic. We'll get to it, I'm sure, a little bit more in general chat and, say, the levels. Mm, Yeah. But the swim and the fly mechanic in these games are not, I repeat, are not anything like the Mario swim or fly mechanic. No, they are different, yes. And, uh, I mean, although, to be fair, at this point, Mario did not really have a fly mechanic. Correct. But uh, the but balloon pet- fight did that he stole it from. Right, right. But the, yeah, the pedicopter. Um, it in addition to letting you fly, you have projectiles you can shoot, and uh, much like the motorcycle, you don't want to bump into those barriers. Right. But Which, you you can bump into them from the sides or stand on them. But as long as you don't hit them with the top of your sprite, you'll be okay. But which was really confusing. It, it took me a minute to get used to, but you know you only see it a few times. Yeah. And being able to shoot while in this mode, though, is the real game changer. It makes this vehicle so much cooler than the motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And uh, this bad boy will also run you two hundred bucks. Yes, and if you see it, you have to buy it. Just do it. And next up, we have uh, a few more weapons or you know power ups in that level or in that category, like uh, the cane of flight, perhaps. Yes, I actually use this one. It costs one hundred and twenty bucks. Um, it just lets you fly for a brief time. Mm-hmm. Um, I used it at one point in a dungeon where you kind of have to. You mean like one of the final dungeons? I believe, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Now, there are two weapons left. I've seen them referred to as Weapon A and Weapon B, but I'm sure they have a real better name. Well, they're Magic Capsule A and Magic Capsule B. I, I mean, I love Magic I love Capsules, <laughs> and I'm glad Jap- the Japanese also love Capsules. I wish that the icons looked a little more like Capsules, but they definitely have the A and B on them, which is the most important part. Yeah. And uh, Ultraman, he had a Capsule, right? Maybe. Uh, it's been a minute, man. All right. <laughs> but uh, Magic Capsule A, I believe, will generate a shield around you. I, these are both of these. I got them very early and did not use them. So, no. Uh, a, what it does is A... You throw out like a little thing on the ground, 
and then a bunch of mini Alexes come out uh, yeah. and one by one run into the enemy or whatever in front of them and hurt them. And then so Magic Capsule B will be the one that makes a shield around you? No, it's the same thing, but they're more powerful. Oh, okay. Maybe it has a shield. I don't know. I never used it. Yeah, yeah. And I never saw anyone use it in the playthroughs. Right, right. And the final item you can find is a one-up. Yes, and it's just a in the standard doll version of the hero of the game. But it will cost you $500, so it's a bit pricey. Ouch. So you're going to have this money you're spending at shops and such, but mm-hmm. it also has a very important function that is not really clear at first in that it's the only way you can continue. Yeah, and I don't think there's any way to beat this game normally without this function. No, I mean, again, comparing to Mario Brothers, you know how it's like it technically didn't give you a continue? But it it also gave you a lot more lives in this game. Yeah, well, there are tricky ways to get extra lives I found later where Hmm. if you do certain strange things. Um, But while um, I couldn't get a a consensus on this from the internet where it either costs you $400 or $800 to buy per continue that you buy. I saw $400. Yeah, but I cheated, so I never used it. It's all, yeah, I did too. I, I safe-stated instead of using their continues. But as we said earlier, you find most of your money in these special blocks that have stars on them. Yes, you can find small and large bags of money that are worth 10 and $20 a piece. And then are there other things found in these star blocks? or There are also question blocks, and this is where you'll find your bracelets and one-ups sometimes. Okay, yeah. And the ghosts, which yeah. are a strange... Uh, strange phenomenon because uh sometimes you'll break one of these or you know and and these little ghost reapers will come out and start chasing you right away very small cutesy looking grim reapers yeah but they are vicious they are faster and more maneuverable than you and Mm -hmm. you can either run away from them or if you're clever and you're not me you if you learn the tricks of the game where it can only have two items on screen at a time okay so when you reveal a ghost if you can really quick hit two more star blocks, say, to reveal two bags of money, uh-huh. the ghost will disappear. Oh. And then if in a lot of places, if by tricking these ghosts, it'll force later ghosts in the level to become one-ups or other power-ups. Huh. It's a weird thing. And, I mean, there are also a lot of areas that have blocks that would be ghosts unless you killed all the enemies on the way, and then they become one-ups or other... Very interesting. Mostly just one-ups, but... I mainly just died or ran from them. Especially in the first level, I was like, just avoid these blocks at all costs. Yes. Don't go near them. And then later, once I found that out, I kind of fiddled with it a bit and saw how it worked. But uh, it's not always that easy. You know, there's not always question blocks right there. Now, there is another form of block. That's right. The skull block. Yes. And this is a deadly block. Uh, You know, if you hit it, it will give you the jitters and you'll kind of... Stand still and shake for a minute? Yep. A little weird. I don't know what the purpose of it is. No, and I never found it to be in a place that was really that dangerous, at least in the first half or so of the game. No, it's it's more like, is this a is there a ghost in there maybe? Right. I don't know. You know, it's not maybe for exploration's sake, I guess. Check them out. And there's also the big pink ghost block, which Mm. as soon as you touch it, a a ghost ghost will appear. Yeah, I'm sorry, that's a skull block, but yeah, a ghost comes out. So avoid yeah. those if you need. Yes, uh, avoid them, I would say, at, at most all cost. And there is one item you can find but not buy. That is the telepathy ball, which is a little blue ball with a yellow star, I believe. Maybe it's a red star. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a blue ball with a star. Okay. And when you have that, you can use it against the bosses when you're playing Jenkin to uh-huh. see what they're picking so you can just beat them. 
because you're reading their mind. Cool. And that's a one-time use? I, I think so. I um, I only saw one, and I could not figure out how to get it without dying, so I just left it behind because, and again, I cheated on all the Jenkins because it sucks. Well, Nick, as we've stated, this was the hopes and dreams of the Sega company. It was. Uh, I'm guessing and hoping that they really put some time and some effort into this manual. I'm going to guess, first and foremost, it's blue and white. Ah, well, you might think that, but it's actually blue, black, and white. Nice. Weirdly. uh, It's 24 pages. All the text is black, but all of the artwork is in blue on the screen. Kind of weird, but it looks all right. And is this true artwork? Uh, Yeah. There are a few screenshots, uh, but again, they're all in blue as well. Okay. Or blue and white, whatever. Um, You get uh, an interesting little story where you're on the planet Ares, and Alex Kidd studies shell core and martial art about breaking blocks. Mm -hmm. So, hence your powers, and uh, apparently a random dying man he sees tells him that uh, Redactian... Uh Uh-huh. That's a place. Yeah, that's this world of Redactian or Redaxian, depending on if you're looking in the game or the manual. Uh-huh. I thought it was Axian because of the game. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> but they're in trouble, and you got to save them. So he gives you a map and uh, the sunstone mm-hmm. and dies. And you're off to save the day. Uh, it goes through your controls uh, pretty well. It talks about a slide mechanic that I never saw. And I was... Uh, I don't know when or where you would use it. I never saw it in any of the playthroughs when I was also watching, so I don't know if that even exists. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that mechanic one bit. You know, you get a drawing of a map. You do get a yeah, a who's who of a bunch of different, like, side characters, the bad guys. It introduces you to the villain Jenkin the Great. Okay. And then the enemies, normal enemies as well? It doesn't talk about the enemies or give you pictures, but it does give you the score values of all of them. That's weird. Yeah, that's something you see in some old games. I don't know. <laughs> right. Um, it, it does give you another section, which is the what's what section, where it talks about all the stone blocks, boxes and things, items. Okay. And also there are five, like, special treasures, story items, I guess, you get. Yes, there are. Uh, some of them are, are useful, and some of them play an important part in what you do in the game, and others are just kind of keys. Yeah, they're mostly, like, you, you start with the sunstone, you'll get the moonlight stone. The gold crown, the Harata stone, mm-hmm. and a personal letter to the kingdom of Nibbana. Oh, it's very, very personal. And you need, like, there are certain points, like, I know with the personal letter, I didn't encounter this, but if you don't have it by the time you get to a certain level, game over. Oh, just game over. It's over. Yeah, you have to start over. <laughs> Ouch. So you want to look for those. But again, I didn't try to find them and did, so I don't think they're very hidden, you know? Right. Now, does the manual mention the continue thing at all? Not that I could see. Okay. It does mention something we, I mean, there is one stage where you get another vehicle, the Sui Sui boat. Yes. Which is pretty much just like the motorcycle, motorcycle but on the water. Without hills. And yeah, uh, you get a scorebook grid at the very end in classic Sega style. And nice. And off to the races. Well, Nick, what was your personal history with Alex Kidd in Miracle World? Well, I uh, played this a bit. Um... My friend owned a Master System. I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it was built into the unit the unit or not. The only game I specifically remember that he had that was built in was Safari Hunt. Okay. So I think maybe, that was a different unit then. I feel like, yeah. I, but I'm who not, knows? Eh. Probably one of our fans. I and know. <laughs> maybe they will say something on Facebook. Say it to us. Uh, say it to my face. Um, yeah, I, I got at least to the first Jenkin guy. I don't remember how far we got, but right. once, 
that was kind of a deal breaker. So, uh, well, and I kind of was always like, Alex kid sucks and moved on. The, the vast majority of my Sega master system experience, uh, is that little kid was at my dad's friend's house. So it was very removed. And I think I played this game for like five minutes at one point, <laughs> not impressed and moved on. <laughs> um, and then the other person I ever knew that had one did not have this game. So never right. played it again. And oddly enough, I've never really revisited it in any of the collections or anything that I've, I've purchased over the years that highlight the Sega history. Right, right. I hadn't either, but until now. Which brings us to your recent experience with this game. Yes, um, I, I beat this game. Um, as I mentioned before, I did uh, Safe State in between levels. And how many nights did you play it? I, it was two nights. The The first... Probably I probably spent an hour playing like the first level kind of trying to just play it straight and play that's, it. That's what I did. And well, and getting crushed and not understanding what I was doing. I, you know, it, we'll talk about it in level by level. But this game has a really weird first level that can, it's not helpful. No, and well, I mean, it makes you feel like you're trying to get all this treasure and you don't need to. It's it's a waste of time and mm-hmm. just makes it seem harder. Just keep moving. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's well, the exact same lesson that I learned from right, it. Right. <laughs> And I had the same experience where I played for about an hour or so, just really trying to be plate natural, see how far I could get. Right, right. Uh, you know, it's frustrating. So I started playing Save State. Uh, and then the second night, I played more, and I realized I was not going to beat the game. And uh, it's been a very, very busy, hectic time for us. Uh, some tragedy in the families, lots of uh, right, right. Lots of stuff with coaching going on, you know, <laughs> busy fall times. And Halloween, of course, people. Halloween. The family man. So sorry. And I hate to say it, but I did not beat this game. I ended up watching a playthrough to kind of rough finish out the last third of the game that I missed. Okay. And, well, I guess I'll let you know at the end of the show if I'm going to go back and try to beat this one legit. Ooh. All right, and here we are in the general chat portion of our show. And I'd just like to start by saying that while this was Sega's answer to Mario... And I do think it has a little more heart than Super Mario Brothers 1. It just falls short in almost every other aspect. It's got some some features that I feel like when I really look at it, and I'm like, wow, this came out in 86? Yeah. You know, that's crazy. You know, the graphics are awesome. Way more colorful. I love the graphics. They blow Mario out of the water. Everything it, has a charm and expressive feel that you don't see until much later in the NES. I mean, there are two main barriers to my true enjoyment of this game. And number one is the Jenkin. The Jenkin. Let's get into the Jenkin. For right. some reason... I was going to hold that off, but we'll get straight into the Jenkin. Well, there are certain bosses that you fight that you just play paper, rock, scissors with. Correct. They have giant hands for heads mm-hmm. in the shape of a paper, rock, or scissors, you know? Yep. They're disgusting. I think it's a gross design. Some of them have different eyes on different fingers. I kind of like them. They remind me of, like, uh, muscle figures. Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, ugh, I think they're revolting. I love muscle <laughs> figures, so. So you have to f- basically randomly beat these the computer at mm-hmm. a weird game. And, uh, you know, you'll fight all of these Jenkin bosses twice. The yes. first time you fight them, it's just Jenkin. The second time, you have to beat them at the Jenkin, and then their head flies off and attacks you. Yes, and when we say you have to beat them at Jenkin, let's explain to them their version of rock, paper, scissors. What happens is, is you have a certain amount of time while a music is playing to select your input, if you're going to be rock, paper, or scissors. Yeah, it shows a little thought balloon with your throw in it. And then next to that, you see what the enemy is cycling through. Right, right. 
I mean, if you have the telepathy ball, you can see what they're landed on, and they frequently change it at the last minute. Yeah. But if you don't, you just go off whatever, chance or whatnot. However, they always throw the exact same thing. Yes. So I didn't really feel bad about cheating and just reading it online mm-hmm. because you can figure that out as a kid if you just kept playing. You know? Correct. Now, let's say you didn't know what they were going to throw. You didn't read it online and you're playing naturally and you lose this match of Jenkin to the boss. Yeah. The first time you encounter it. Mm-hmm. What happens then, Nick? Well, you're dead. That's it. And you got to start over. And where do you start over at? Well, if you if you still have a life, I believe you start off right back at the boss. Which isn't horrible, but... Uh, continuing, uh, like I said, I saved stage and didn't continue, so I don't know if that sets you back to the beginning of the level, but it probably does. Yeah. But it's just one of the, you know, Jenkin itself, ugh, it's not the greatest thing, I don't know, but when you get that instead of, like, half of the boss battles in the game, it really sucks. I, I don't like it. I, I'm going to tend to agree, because the boss fights you do get are very unsatisfying. Yeah, there's not much to most of them. That's one of the one of the weaknesses here of old Alex Kidd. But let's go back to some of the more positive things. Uh, the vehicles in this game are really fun, and they're a really nice change of pace to you know the other levels. Yeah, and I like that it's not just a motorcycle level. You know, you can get hit and then keep going, you mm-hmm. know, so it's not like one type, you know, and the... The pedicopter levels are typically over water, so when you get hit, you'll fall down and start in a underwater level. Yeah, which is really cool. There's like a double path going, which yeah, of right. course you have to have because if you didn't have the money for it, you would just be going through the normal water section. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of money, I really like, you know, I, I was really impressed with the fact that you have an inventory that you can keep and use mm-hmm. uh, in this game. You get a subscreen with a map and stuff. Yeah, uh, we didn't mention the map, so we'll go over it now. There is a map that you see in between every level, but the downside of the map is it doesn't really show you where you're going to be going throughout the course of the game. No, it's it's just like you meander your way around this part of Redaxian. It just gives you kind of an idea of where you're going to be going next. I already mentioned that I love the sprites, but I really want to mention again how much I enjoy the very tiniest of characters in this game. They really somehow give the smaller creatures so much... Uh, character that it's it's kind of amazing yeah there's a good level of detail there that you know it really when you compare even the scorpions to say a goomba you know it's very impressive very now less impressive is once you get inside like the underground levels or like the castle zones that's when the gameplay switches to more of a screen by screen type of play they have a mazish quality to them that, you know, you're going through trying to find certain things that you may not know you're looking for, but, you know, you're in there. And that combined with the play control, those sections really feel to me like an old computer platformer. Well, and that's, you know, anytime you're jumping from anything that is only one tile wide and, and you're trying to land like, you know, you'll be trying to steer yourself to land on it. And if you hit left or right, when you actually touch the ground, your guy goes flying off in that direction way too fast. <laughs> yes, very fast. So it's real hard to navigate certain certain areas in, in the slow, precision type of platforming that you feel like it wants, you know? Oh, very much so. I mean, even in the running and jumping area is in the very beginning of the game, you just have such an awkward momentum that it's very hard to understand where you're going to end up or where you're going to go. Even a single extra hit that you could take before dying would alleviate a lot of this because the the quick momentum and your your huge jump makes you want to go flying, you know, and yes. and it really punishes you sometimes if there's anything that gets in your way. 
Yeah, sadly, this game really forces you to move very slowly and stop a lot to wait for enemies to come to you when it has the power and the speed to be a very fast and forward-moving game. Yeah, it's a, it's almost a similar dichotomy to certain parts of, say, Sonic the Hedgehog, you know? Yeah, I guess they didn't learn their lesson there. <laughs> here. Now, the other uh, double-sided coin for me is the music versus the sound effects. I thought the music was pretty good, just yeah. a little repetitive. Yeah, it's um, this is one area where Super Mario Brothers takes the cake by far. Mm-hmm. But the sound effects, ooh, on the other hand, there was some grating noises in this game. I'm trying to th- I I didn't really... There was just certain, like, plings and things that I just... I found them more distracting than enjoyable. I see. I I really didn't notice one way or the other, so it's at best, meh. Yeah, but luckily, you know, that background music fills out the rest of it, so, you know, those things aren't... They don't fall too far on the negative side. Right. All right, now it's time for our level-by-level portion of the show, and there are quite a few levels in this game, which we are going to briefly go over every one of them because, well, it's hard to leave one of them out over another, and they're all fairly one note, so it's easy to go over them briefly. And starting with stage one, and this is the one we talked about earlier that is a little bit confusing. Yeah, this is Mount Eternal. Um, It's a, a strange way to start the game because it's, first of all, you're scrolling downward, you're kind of moving down in some cliffs, you know, brown rocks. You can see the blue sky in the background. And this, I mean, I guess I can see where they were coming from because there's a lot of blocks to break and mm-hmm. uh, star squares to get a lot of money here, which... But you're all all falling the whole time instead of running and jumping, which is the core mechanic <laughs> of this game. Well, and it's, uh, you know, when you see all of these blocks, it requires kind of a puzzle-like element because you're not you know this game there's no backtracking you're not jumping back up you're not going back left after you've scrolled right. so you really you, you at least i immediately was like i got to get all this money right i'm gonna need it and I'm, I'm trying to find the best way to go down and then not too far into it you will be introduced to i don't know if they're hawks or i think they look like pterodactyls yeah that's the thing i said was probably a pterodactyl it, at first i thought it was a bird but then when you notice closer it has kind of a teethy beaky jaw yeah yeah and I mean, they're not too terrible, but you, you'll you see them, and then you're going to start dealing with the ghosts right away. Right away. Which, and man, like, I, I died by them so many times right away. Like, I don't understand who came up with that. <laughs> like, right. Like, it's such a weird enemy, and then to have that weird item mechanic on top of it, I mean, it mm-hmm. gives you a little something to explore, but it seems like if that's what you're after, there would have been a much easier, more fun way to do it. Now, luckily, there is a power bracelet to get early on. Yeah, um, and if you're like me, you probably save these more than you should. Oh, so if you're me, you just use them right away. It's almost always worth it. Yeah, yeah, do it, do it. Because at the very bottom, you finally get to a uh, you know level place to run along. Oh wait, no, it throws no. you right into another awkward area. It's underwater. Yes, you are in the underwater area now. And the way it transitions is also a little awkward because you have to like get to a certain spot at the bottom of the screen before it'll load in the rest of the water. Right, right. And you'll be, there are some, you know, cool green blocks and very, there's small fish and big scary fish. And they look great. Like, I love the way the blocks look. I love the way the underwater area is. And the fish are super cute. Like, I feel bad about killing a lot of these creatures. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's an area where I later learn where I'm like, if you kill all these fish later, one of these things will become an extra man or something, you know. Oh, okay, so, that's really cool. Because you can easily skip most of the enemies with no penalty, 
Which and, I did. Yeah, I did too. At, Especially at, underwater because this is what we haven't talked about is the underwater swimming mechanic is really weird. Yeah, well, you're like, you have to keep pressing down. Yes. Because you're, 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 you're your natural up. Your natural state is of buoyancy to float to the top of the screen. So it's a weird, like you're pushing down. If you hold down button one, I think you can get some turbo swim. Uh-huh. And, and you can, can still punch while you're doing this. Yeah. And it doesn't seem to affect your movement at all. No, yeah. And luckily, most of these water stages are relatively forgiving. But yeah. it, it is it takes a little getting used to, but they don't throw you through the ringer. So good on them, I guess. But yeah, you'll uh, you, you also see one of those frogmen. Which is a really cool sprite, but a little overused. Yeah, you see You're a... going to see it in every water you ever go in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, they'll spit out uh, like a spread of bubbles, but they're not too tough to defeat. And we get to the end of this level. There's a little rice ball that you eat. Yeah, it's very cute. Which and... is another thing I, I forgot to mention in the general chat section was that this game has a very Asian feel, uh, like a journey to the West kind of feel, because Alex Kidd himself looks kind of like a monkey character yeah he's he's clearly a monkey boy like, he has like the monchichi look with that hair coming over and the weird sideburns yeah and i feel like i don't know if this was intentional but i think it looks like he's wearing a red and white version of the yellow and black bruce lee jumpsuit oh yeah from game of death i, I like, think i think it is i and i see that entirely i don't know if that's just me but i i personally enjoy that theory a lot so head cannon right here and like you said, at the end of each level, he, you know, snacks on a rice ball. Like, there's a lot of these little touches that definitely don't shy away from uh, its eastern roots. They don't throw hamburgers in over the, <laughs> you know, the end screen. You're Ice cream. Big uh, money bags instead of the uh, sacks of yen or whatever. Right, right. But once you've eaten your rice ball, you move on to level two. This level is has a shop right away. This level is what should have been the first level of the game. Probably, you know. Or at least, like, half of the very first level, so you have some money, and then at the very bottom of that is the shop, and then the level. Yeah, you, uh, in the shop is, you know, hint, hint, you'll see one of these Sukupako bikes for sale. So, you grab that bad boy, and then you're off to the races. Yes, and hopefully you bought the motorcycle, because, well, you can burn through this whole level fairly easily. Yeah, there are a bunch of blocks that you can just careen right through. Uh, now, so, there are those balloons to watch out for. Yes, so, you know, generally you just need to jump them. You have a huge jump with this bike, especially mm -hmm. when you're moving, so it's not much of a problem here. Your main enemies through here are frogs and scorpions. Mm-hmm, and, you know, again, just blast right through them. Uh, there's some money to be found along the way. Get as much as you can, and eventually you'll come to a big barrier of the balloons. Which you, lets you know you're at the end. Yeah, you can't go through it with the bike. You jump off, and you are faced with your first boss fight. Yeah, this is uh, one of the great Jenkins uh, minions, Guseka. Mm. Or I've seen him called Stonehead. Yes, because his head looks like a closed fist. Yeah, and you can uh, beat him by choosing stone and then scissors. And he will be upset and let you pass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and pass you will to Lake Fathom in Stage 3. Which is a, you might guess, another underwater level. Yes, yes it is. And we'll see some newer enemies here, little seahorses. and uh, But the big one are the huge octopi. Yeah, this guy can be a pain. Yeah, there's one, it's, an, it's a large red octopus with one long arm made of, you know, linked balls. balls. Yep, the ball arms. And you can punch those balls one by one to slowly defeat um, its arm, and then it will just die. 
And it's very cutely sitting on top of like a vase. Yeah, and uh, if you defeat the first one, then you can actually go down the vase to a secret area. Oh, cool. What's down there? Um, more enemies, some money. It eventually leads you to a money thing. It's, it's basically a split path, kind of, where both of the end will lead you either way. There's, a, I think, a one-up at the end. Oh, cool. Yeah, in fact, in the split path one, there is an area where there's a weird thing where you'll see some blue balloons with money on top of them. They make kind of a T shape with the yeah. ones. If there's a weird spot in the air where if you just keep punching, it'll start one by one. It will turn all of those blue balloons into money bags. Wow, cool. I couldn't figure out how to collect a lot of them after that because there's nothing to jump on. But uh, <laughs> it's there. I'm sure there's a better way to do it, but you can you can bank some money there. Well, either way, you get to the end of the level, there is no boss, and you go through the door, which we didn't mention either. It is a weird triangle thing. Yeah, I mean, they call it the rice ball. Where it's, oh, but it, that's what it is. It's a rice ball. But with a little black door on it. You know, like, it looked, I always thought or it looked the like wrap? a mount. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I always thought it looked like a door into a rice ball, which is uh, pretty trippy. Now, if you took the secret path, the next level will look pretty familiar. Yeah, this is a, you're, you're back on land now, and you have some cool, like, tall grass on the floor. and Yeah, which some enemies will hide behind as they roam. Yeah, you can, like, barely, you can see, like, scorpion tails peeking over. It's, yeah. it's kind of neat. Yeah, it's one of those touches I really like in the graphics of this game. Yeah, yeah. Um, this this level can be, it's not really that tough at all. There's not a lot going on, and no. it's pretty short. But at the end, you will meet old man who is Saint Nurari. Yes. And he will give you a petacopter. Which you'll the... need right away for the next level. That's right. And stage five is your first petacopter level, which is, uh, you know, divided into two paths, pretty much. There's the top path, the petacopter path. Which you always have one this time. Yeah. The first time you go through here. And you, I mean, really, it's any time you will run into an orb or an enemy, or I'm sorry, a balloon or an enemy, and you'll fall down and start a very short underwater sequence that's the real level but it, the farther you make it you're picking up tons of money here yeah and it goes really far if you if you can't yeah and i mean either way you'll get to uh the end of the if you get to the end of the level at the top with the pedicopter you can just end it and be done but if you go down underwater you can fight your way through that as well cool well either way you will end up at the next level level number six six where there is a shop right away yeah this is the village of namui mm-hmm and uh, I mean, I said mm -hmm, like I knew, but I'm agreeing. <laughs> um, yeah, this is another side-scrolling land level. You know, you're you're picking up your money. You're going to see more scorpions. Wait, uh, oh, there's a new enemy in town, though. Oh yeah, the little the mustache man. Oh yeah, the little mustache guy will come at you. Um, watch out for him. He's so cute though. He's not as he's not. It's like he's a plumber. You're you're in good shape. Right, but, right. And there's also those little flames that you're going to see those a lot from this point on. Yeah, some of them orbit around a spot, and some will just sit there. Some walk back and forth. I don't think you can hurt them. I always just avoided them. Yeah, definitely. But you will see one of your first actual boss fights at the very end here. Yeah, and what a boss fight it is. It's a weird... This is where I used my uh, capsule. Oh, yeah. yeah. Send out your buddies out to go hurt them. Yes, and they just like hit him for a long while, and then I, I only had to punch it twice. But let's talk about what this boss is. It is not a human. It is not a creature with the hand for a head yeah it is a bull yes a big a bull that will charge at you and i mean it's a pretty cute looking bull yeah um you can 
when it runs at you, I don't think it jumps at all, does it? No, well, not that I encountered. I don't. It, it just will run at you, and you punch it, and it'll retreat a bit, and then run at you faster. Mm-hmm. And every time you hit it, it speeds up. Yes. Now, if you do the trick I said with the capsule, you only have to do two hits on it. It's very easy. Yeah, that, that's a good trick because it does take eight hits Okay. to defeat him with your fists. But it's not impossible. No, no. And if you do, you move on to the very next level. Yeah, stage seven, Mount Cave. And you may know it's stage seven because when you start, there's a giant seven greeting you. I just realized that. I Like, I realized there was a seven there. The yeah. whole time, I was like, why is there a seven at the beginning of this level? That's weird. <laughs> Ugh. Well, in level seven, uh, you will find... This is where you're going to start seeing some lava. Mm-hmm. There's our old buddies, the scorpions, and some bats that will come down and fly at you. Um, this is the area where there's that telepathy ball. I don't know how to get down there and get out with it. Gotcha. It's like in a little cave you, underneath. Well, if you have the t- oh, levitation thing, yeah, you're good. The king of flight. Yeah, yep. that's a good call. Now, I also want to call attention to the animations of the lava and the water. Oh, yeah. When they yeah. have like the little splishes and splashes, they're really cool. I like them a lot. Little droplets, man. They, they look good. They do look good. Now, the bats, not not too annoying. Uh, I do like the fact that the bats, the scorpions, they're all very, very small sprites. Right, right. This is an area, too, where you'll see there are so many stones that you can break. But don't. And they're puzzled. Now, they can make things harder. And this is where one of the areas I realized that using your power bracelet can actually hurt you because it'll go through all of the stones in front of you every time you shoot it including the ones that you want to jump on right so you you have to be careful like you don't want to you don't want to punch yourself into a corner but uh if you manage to keep yourself out of the corner and get to the very end because no one puts alex kid in the corner (laughs) you get to the second big henchman boss yeah chokina the scissor head the scissor head and he is someone doing a peace sign with their hand for his head Yes. Uh, he the, looks, the, the eyeballs are on the fingertips. I, this is the grossest one of all. It's uh, the best. I respectfully disagree, but this is the same deal. Beat him at Jenkin, cry yourself to sleep, and move on to stage eight. The forest. Yeah, I've seen it called Blackwoods. I'm not sure. Um, They're very green. It's, uh, yeah. Um, but there is a shop right at the beginning. Yeah, where, as you might imagine, you're going to grab a Sukopako bike, and it's you're off to the races. Now, this one is a little harder than the last one, because there yeah. are a lot of places to lose your bike here. Yeah, there are spikes, and one of the downsides is when you get hit, you'll lose your bike, but if you're on top of the spikes, you will just fall on the spikes, and you will die as well. Yeah, that's so, pretty lame. Um, there, There's a couple tricky parts where you really have to like cut your momentum to land on a little a little block in the middle of some pit of Mm -hmm. spikes and then move on. You know, you can't quite clear them all in one big jump. And there are, uh, this is also where you're going to start seeing those jerk monkeys that throw things at you that hide in the trees Oh, yeah, in the trees. And bats, but not too bad. I I died a few times here, so, yeah, safety. And this level is really just about using that bike and getting to the end where you've got another unique and actual boss fight. Yeah, weird uh, samurai bear. Oh, That's yeah, That's what sure. I think it looks like. I thought it was like a punk rock bear. I mean, it's got green hair. Yeah, I, get, I mean. Uh, some ripped up yellow pants. Whatever it has, or whatever it is, it does have a big sword that yeah. it chops at you. And there is a monkey in the top corner throwing things at you as well. The monkey is really annoying, but the bear is not too hard. This guy, especially if you have your power bracelet here, mm-hmm. you uh, you can just stand on the very left and keep blasting him. You just have to watch out for those, I guess, coconuts or, yeah, sure. I don't know, turds, whatever the monkey throws at you. I'm going to go with coconuts. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, this is a, a very easy boss, and you move on to stage nine, which is your level with the Sui Sui boat. Yeah, and this stage is pretty cool, but since you are on water, it's just not nearly as varied as the motorcycle levels. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty brief as well. Thank goodness, because really, I mean, there's not a lot to do. Uh, and again, if you do get hit while in the boat, you will be knocked out into a very short underwater level. You're mostly jumping little balloon hurdles, and you know, if you get hurt, you go down. There's there is extra money on the the longer top route, but not as much as the pedicopter. No, not nearly. Uh, you make it through there, and you move on to the very next level. Yeah, stage 10. And uh, speaking of pedicopter, uh, you get a shop right away that you can afford one, and you can fly through this long level. It's uh, There's a bunch of, like, swampy stuff at the bottom Yeah, that, you know, you, you have to be careful to not destroy all these blocks or you have no way to get over it, you know? Right. So another tricky one, but... And this is where you'll see those big, uh, I think there's the first appearance of those lightning clouds. Oh, yeah, that chase you around. Yeah, and they shoot a big bolt down. You can't hurt them. You just have to time your passage underneath. They can be a bit of a pain. Yeah, yeah. They take um, up almost the whole second half of the level. Yeah, yeah. Um, either way, at the very end, you're going to find Parplin, the paper-headed fellow of uh, Jenkin Heads. Uh, he takes, uh, if you choose rock and then scissors, you will beat him. And uh, you should. Yes, and of course he looks like a man whose head is a open hand. Yeah, it's disgusting. Although his eyes are in the top of the palm area, not. I on the feel fingertips. like that's a little better. I don't like the eyes on the ends of the fingers. It's <laughs> really gross. A little too much for you. <laughs> there are lumps, some lines that should not be crossed, Eric. Gotcha. And then you have defeated all three of the henchmen of Jenkin. Yes, and you did a great job of it. So and great that you get to move on to the first real challenge yeah, this of the is game. Stage 11, you're Just in... kidding. There's been some challenges before. Yeah, yeah, but this one, you are in Stage 11, Redactian Castle. And what a castle this is. It's almost like a little mini maze. There are yeah. different ways to get through it. And this is where it introduces that screen-by-screen -screen mechanic that, you know, is charming, but it does feel like more of a throwback. Yeah, um, it gives it a little, almost like a... Zelda feel side scroll you know what I mean mm -hmm. where you have your screen by screen navigation the problem with these areas is that they rely more on precision movement than combat yeah and that is not what this game is built for no not with that movement you have to you have to really watch yourself uh, they and... introduce uh, you know falling spikes here areas that close off and trap you secret rooms and doors there's a lot going on in here yeah you and you know some of these like spike puzzle things where you'll see these things start descending from the ceiling. It's like you have one shot. you got to run underneath them and get through. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you have to leave and come back and try it again. Yeah. There was many a uh, save state restart in this area. Yeah. Um, this is an area where you do actually want to explore a little. You can find your older brother, Eggle. Okay. He's... And uh, this is also where my playthrough petered out. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, you, uh, it's a weird thing. It took me a minute to figure out how to get him out of that cage. There are these weird, like, you'll start seeing these little pink fish blocks in mm -hmm. the walls, and those are usually switches of some sort. Yeah, they'll open a, make a block disappear that was previously there. Yeah. So, Opens up a path. So you rescue your brother, and then it's time to find your way to the boss. This is the revenge of Guseka. Yes, the very first enemy you fought, the very first henchman. Yeah, um, now uh, you will you can defeat him by throwing paper twice, but now you actually get to fight him. And it's a disappointing fight because all he does is throw his head around 
and shoot out like a goofy little ball. Yeah, you. these guys are very easy. I think you only have to hit them three times in the head. I think so. And uh, that's all there is to it. You just stay on the very left side, and the head will always come to you. Yeah, it moves in the very simple set pattern <laughs> so yes. you, you can see it coming a mile away uh, if you defeat that head though you do get to leave the castle and then you move on to another very short very short level, level. <laughs> it's the city quote-unquote of redactian which is apparently three buildings large yes but there are lots of uh, weird blocks in this city there's a store here that you can buy some stuff if you want but then you can just move to the right and you will see good old chokina again Eyeball fingers. You can beat him by throwing stone twice and then fighting him just like the other guy. Ah, but his head moves faster and his uh, ball shoots out in a wave sign, maybe? Or does he not have a ball? One of them doesn't shoot a ball, I don't think. I don't, um, to be honest with you, the only one I remember shooting was Jenkin himself, but these guys are, I I mean, I just beat them all the first time I tried. Yeah, yeah. They're not, they're, they're a joke for a boss. Okay. But now you move on to... I think your final and hardest pedicopter stage. Oh, very much hardest. It is. It was really ratcheted up the the hard level because there is no safe place to fall. Yeah, you there's, there's like, no water. There's swampy crap on the bottom, and uh, they require a lot of really precision flying, all a uh, balloon fight in if, endless mode. If you die, I don't think you can make it through. No, you cannot. You know, you it has to be done with the pedicopter, and it's a little weird because it is scrolling to the left. Yeah, it's, it's different than the other pedicopter stages you have been through. Mixing it up. Luckily, there is no boss, nothing to deal with at the end, just a, a way out, that rice ball exit. Right, and that'll take you to stage 14, the Kingdom of Nibbana. This is another, not really a stage, it's more like a screen or two. Yeah, exactly. Where you go in, uh, you'll see the King Nibbana, I believe? Yes, and oh. he, he talks to you. This is where if you don't have the letter, the personal letter to the Kingdom of Nibbana... By he, now. He just murders you? I, I don't know what he says, but well, he's a jerk then because you just have to start the game over. Okay. So get that letter, people. Do you still have all the stuff you had? Or is it like game over, you restart? I don't know. Because uh, I, I didn't run into it. I just saw warnings. where They're like, make sure you got this. Gotcha. And, I mean, I again, I don't even remember where I got the letters or that special stone, these different treasures. Probably just, one of them from your brother. Yeah, you just I, yeah, that's what I was thinking. You get something from him, like you'll you'll just find these occasionally, or people at the end, you know, people from the who's who at the end of certain levels will just give you something. Like right. I, I don't know that you ever have to search something out so much. Okay, but if you do have that letter, you can move on to stage fifteen, which is another uh, motorcycle level. Yeah, there's a shop right at the beginning. You buy that motorcycle. This one's a little harder because there's a lot more jumps to make, but there are no spikes, so it's really. Not as hard, I think, as the last one. I agree, yeah. The, that forest one's rough. Uh, you find a barrier you cannot pass at the end, and once again, you're going to fight one of these henchmen. Yeah, this is Parplin. Uh, this is the paper-headed guy, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can throw a stone and scissors, defeat him, fight him, just like you know. You've yeah. done it before. Alex Kidd, okay? This isn't your first time around. And, you know, you wait for that head to come hit you in the far left corner, be ready with that fist, and this guy is no trouble. Not at all. Um, but what is kind of a trouble is our next stage. Uh, Ooh, stage man. 16 is... I am uh, not... I am uh, very happy that I, I missed this part of the playthrough. See, I... The the maze levels... You know, this is another one similar to the previous castle, but it's it's a lot larger. Um, and, and a lot deadlier, it looks like. 
It is. Um, but I mean, these are the levels that I had the most fun with because you there's like more of an exploration kind of. Yeah, that looked fun in that aspect. But what did not look fun was some of the very precision platforming or swimming they ask you to do in this area. That I mean, the weird thing is that there are certain areas where they you'll have a room that is filling up with gas from the top down. Mm-hmm. But it, it since the backgrounds are blue and the way the gas looks, I did not know. I thought it I was like, I've been underwater this whole time and the water's lowering and if it touches oh. you, it kills you. Like you come into these rooms where you just have to there's a switch on the left, you have to hit it twice to remove some blocks and, and run, run out. Run back or, you know, run across really quickly to get under a thing. And there's a few hidden switches and passages as well. Yeah, there are like there are a couple different types of pits that will open underneath you and there's one particular screen that if you were like me, and you are holding on to your cane of flight, you're going to want one by the time you get here. It allows you to skip over a little part to get some power-ups, I think, take a shortcut. Oh, yeah, definitely. And if you manage to find your way through this maze of a castle, at the very end will be a man. Well, maybe it's a man. I don't know. But it will be the very Jenkin himself. Yeah. And you know because there's a large J emblazoned upon his chest. Yeah, he has a crazy, crazy outfit. Um, He's wearing like a, you know, a domino mask. Yeah, I saw a weird glitch when I was here because I don't think you can pause it during boss fights. Uh huh. But once I realized, you know, I was going into the screen, I was like, oh, no, a boss. So I wanted to pause it to use my ring uh-huh. before I fought him. And so I did. But then when I got out of the pause screen, then it's like he's this weird garbled thing. sprite mix thing. It looked really gross, but oh, not, well, not, not as gross as a Chokina, but. Now, he normally has a big horn on his head mm-hmm. and a spider on his shirt. He's not messing around. No, and he's like wearing a purple uh, onesie underneath it all. <laughs> and um, he, you can beat him by throwing paper twice, and then you get into the real fights. Yes, which a fight for the ages might be tough if you don't know what to do. He does shoot out a like a wave pattern bullet and yep. stuff, but if you just stand right in front of him, it will pass you by. Yeah, and, and then you just have to jump and punch him in the head, pop him in the face. And how many punches is that? It's not a ton. No, I think it's like three or four. I don't know. It's not very uh, demanding for a final boss. Now, you are rewarded with the magic stone, and you make your way up yeah. to a petrified princess. Yeah, I, I don't remember her name. But Nor do I. I think it might be Patricia. I know there's a Patricia in this game. Oh, I hope so, because then I could have <laughs> said, a petrified princess Patricia. Pa-pa-pa. And uh, yeah, this is, and then you'll move on to the final level, which is very small. I uh, Yeah, it's barely a level. At the bottom of Craig Lake. Uh, you go. It's kind of cool, though, because you go down the lake, and then you find a mystical door. Yeah, it looks a little... Lord of the Ringsy. Kind of, yeah, oh, I was going to yeah. say it looked like the door to Moria. Oh, right. So speak, friend, and enter. But it looks really cool, and there's a place for the two stones or gems, jewels, whatever you collect it, to go. Yeah, that's... Yes, and it'll open, and you'll move into what is really the final boss, but it's more of a hazard room. Yes, and on the floor, you're going to see... Five tiles, a moon, a couple of wavy lines, a flower, a star, and a fish. Yeah, and you basically have to step on each of these in the right sequence, and it's pretty long. And the sequence is hidden on one of the tablets you got. I get, yeah. Um, you can tell by when you step on the right one, it'll make a little ding. Uh-huh. And so you'll know. And then when you step on a wrong one... Then you really know. Then you know because a ghost comes out. And every time you keep stepping on them, more ghosts come out. Like, But if I think if you step on the correct one, then they'll go away. 
I was trying to figure it out for a few minutes, but quickly was realized, you know, I, I, I was like, do you have to, is there a, can you look at that stone to see the actual sequence yeah, or you something? Can. But I, I never saw it. You so. can select it and it'll show it to you. Oh, okay. Well, that might make this a little easier, but with the beeps and stuff, you can kind of tell mm-hmm. sonically, but either way, you, once you have completed the sequence, I think a little door opens up in the top and the crown is revealed oh yeah it's the crown and then you hop up there's some spikes in the way but... very tall spikes but you can jump really high so this is like the one last like <laughs> right. hazard and if you make it over the three jumps you grab that crown and it is now yours and it's time to move on to the final credit screen yeah you uh, have defeated jenkin the not so great kind of a lackluster ending to be honest with you because yeah. it goes right into a credit scrawl of the story ending of the game. Yeah, it's just text, really. I was, right? I yeah, I took a pictures of it to like read, and I was like, it's not worth reading. <laughs> uh, the best part is they use a lot of unnecessary quotation marks around things like <laughs> the crown and whatnot. Yeah, well, you know. But they do emphasize that while he did save Redaxian, his father, Alex Kidd's father, is still missing. That's right. So his journey may not be over. Dun dun. All right, it's time for the review portion of our show. And, of course, we use the classic Nintendo Power Review System with a four categories, each category ranking between zero and five, starting with graphics and sound. Nick, I gave this game a 3.5. I um, I give it a 3.0, but I could see that. I think I was just really, really charmed with the graphics of this game. Not only did the sprites look just wonderful, like I loved every creature, but the world, the tiles, like the rounded edges of everything, just looked really nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I think, you know, like we said before, the music's fine. It's not great, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, it's all right. I mean, that's the only reason I didn't go all the way. Uh, for me, the backgrounds were a little meh as well, but just the really nice little animations, the touches with the water, the droplets, all those things really stood out to me, and I, I liked them a lot. Yeah, it looks really good for a game from 86. Definitely. Now we have play control, and a little lower score for me. I gave it a 2.5. I did too. I, well, I was not 100% happy with the play control here. Um I was able to adapt to it enough, you know. That's almost what I wrote. I said it's not the best, but it's not the worst. It's just kind of mushy in the middle. It's something you can learn to play with, but it's not. It never feels natural. Right, right. And now we have a challenge factor, Nick. What did you rank this game? I gave it a 3.5. As did I. I think in a lot of places it's pretty darn hard where they just... That one hit kill is yeah no no good no life meter um I mean the rare time you actually fight bosses they're all jokes generally uh huh and some of the levels are really easy but it's just I mean the fact that the continues are secret and the fact that yeah. there's not a lot of free men outside of knowing the the secrets and tricks to getting them to to reveal right yeah it's uh it's one that um you know you can safe state your way through it's not too bad that way. Yeah, I feel like to really be able to beat this game is definitely one you had to own. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. And finally, we have theme and fun. What was your ranking, Nick? Uh, I gave it a 2.5. I, I might go as high as 3. I don't know. I, I was gen- actually surprised. I, I thought this game, my, my memories, it sucked way worse than I, I found it to be. Well, what's funny is I didn't even finish this game, but I still gave it a 3.5. 
Okay. I, I really enjoyed the time I spent with it. While I did find the controls to be a little weird and everything to be a bit off, it just reminded me of playing like a Commodore 64 or early PC game in that, in that aspect. Uh, right, right. But the overall charm of the characters and the different levels, I really, really liked. And I liked the sense of story that was going on. Yeah, definitely, you know, the level progression gives you, you're going on this journey, sometimes you're in the water, going this way, you're mm-hmm. in a castle, you, you know, there's somewhat of a story really going on. I was legitimately sad that I, I didn't have time to beat it, and I, I do want to try to finish this game here at some point soon. I think it's worth it. So then, Nick, should you play this game? I think so, but I think it's, uh, you should cheat. Yeah, I agree. I mean, even if you aren't planning on beating it, it's definitely worth seeing what the other side of the coin was. You know, what was the platformer from Sega? Yeah, it's, again, as somebody who looked down his nose at this game for years, and then now when I really put it side by side with Super Mario Brothers, you know, it's actually way more impressive than I thought, you know? Because, again, I wasn't playing this game in 86 or 87. It was more like 89 or something. I mean, the only thing that holds it back, and really it's the one thing that Nintendo always puts first, for very good reason, is the play control. Yep, the gameplay is just a little... It's not tight enough at the, at, at the core. It is not. Next week's game will be Truxton for the Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive, continuing our Sega streak. So grab a copy of this game any way you can, friends, and play along. That's right, and if you want to celebrate the start of Sega Vimber with Truxton with us let us know and seriously hit us up with any ideas for other uh, titles in this Sega season at cartridgecommand at gmail.com you can also let us know on the Facebook at Cartridge Command we uh, kind of exist on the Twitter at Cart Command we'll let you know when new shows drop a lot of the time and of course you'll find this show on every single device that can make a podcast happen into your face or ears we will get there we will get there And if you do like this podcast, please uh, leave a great review, a good review, or even a mediocre review. But more importantly, tell a friend or foe that would enjoy the show as long as we get some more people listening. We do enjoy the fact that the show is slowly but steadily growing and growing. We get a very weird set of metrics on what's being downloaded. (laughs) And uh, I will say, special shout out, Detroit, you were the number one downloaded city last uh, week. So I'm glad to another fellow midwestern town (laughs) was representing but we enjoy knowing that we have listeners all over the world it's quite amazing yeah for sure man detroit rock city now we love every one of our listeners but we must say a special thank you to those that give us a few dollars every month at patreon.com slash cartridge command it is their uh sacks of cash that we can turn in for the life goods or whatever it is that we need to make this podcast happen that's right. One day we'll be able to afford a Sukopako motorcycle, and then, then we can really get moving. So thank you, guys. Thank you so much. And as always, Cartridge Commandos, game, game on! Sorry, just remembered some things I needed to write. <laughs> and I said, write down. Oh, yeah. Because our notes are all in pencil. <laughs> That's how high tech we roll. That's right. That's right, man. Mechanical, though. So, yeah, it's true. I mean, that is high tech. It is. Cutting edge. <laughs>